Hello, and welcome to Behind the Face Mask, the stories of COVID-19. Three teams of Wake undergraduates are interviewing the people of Winston-Salem on how the COVID-19 virus has impacted Wake Forest students, local business, and the racial justice movements happening in response to police brutality. This is Local Business, Episode 1. The first impression with COVID and the first um, thing that happened to me in my business was just that there was that complete and utter panic and it happened so fast. So it was painful too. It was painful, you know, to close the doors and lock the doors and think, will my life ever be the same? And for me, sort of near retirement or near, you know, a year away from retirement, um, you know, thinking, is this it? Has my dream come to an end, this business that I've had for 20 years? Is this, is this how it's going to end? Is this how it's going to go down? Um, it's not what I planned, not what I envisioned. As the tsunami of COVID-19 crashed throughout the world, it infected almost everything in its path. When it comes to the economic fallout of this pandemic, small and local businesses continued to be some of the most affected. The voices of the people behind those mom and pop shops that make up our Winston-Salem community describe the struggles that COVID-19 caused for them and how they have begun to push through. Okay, so the first question is just tell me a little bit about your business and what do you do? What does it normally look like in the absence of COVID? Okay, uh, in the absence of COVID, <laughs> that's, uh, that's gonna cause me to dig back into memory banks. Um, that's a great question. So my name is Sam Chasen. I am the founder of Storage Scholars and Storage Scholars was started um, by myself freshman year. I just actually just graduated uh, Wake Forest, just got the piece of paper. Very excited about that. <laughs> but, um, and I had talked to a couple upperclassmen and they had mentioned that nothing like this had ever existed, a service that would basically take people's belongings and store it for them over the summer and then return to them whenever they came back. Um, so I run uh, Coffee Park. Uh, Coffee Park uh, had two locations uh, prior to COVID. I'm Kit Rodenbow and I own Design Archives Emporium. And what we do primarily is sell vintage items, clothing, gifts, um, knickknacks. Well, um, the, uh, the uh, place where I work is the Winston-Salem Rescue Mission. Um, the rescue mission was started back in 1967 uh, by five local pastors who had a vision for uh, helping um, 
men in particular that were uh, involved in addictions? Right, um, so uh, Top Leaf Cigar Lounge is a premium cigar retail um, location as well as a smoking lounge. So prior to COVID, we sat around and smoked cigars and had pretty cool conversations with a whole lot of different kinds of folks. Um, my husband and I have been at Top Leaf Cigar Lounge since November of 2016. So as COVID approached, we were um, getting to that point in the business where we were looking forward to um, profit. <laughs> Takes a couple of years before you're able to do that, so. Walk me through what it was like when you first heard about COVID, your thoughts about your business, your concerns, everything. Um, so oddly enough, I was actually supposed to go to Spain in March. Um, it was about a week before everything officially like shut down that, um, you know, I was like, this, I don't think this is going to, this is really just not going to happen. You know, this is just not going to happen. The trip that is. <laughs> So then I was like, okay, I have to think about my business. Um, so when I first heard about COVID, you know, it was kind of like one of those things like you don't, you know, it's somewhere else in the world. It's not really going to affect us or affect me or affect my business. And then all of a sudden on Sunday, it was like the curtain was drawn um, or the lights went out. When you say that there's a pandemic taking place and it's hitting like our small town of Winston-Salem, I would say that this is definitely something serious. Um, you kind of look at the TV, you look how it's affecting big cities, but when it's really starting to hit from like a five degrees of separation and even less, maybe four or three, um, the severity of it really started to kind of hit us, hit home. We had an emergency meeting on Monday and my employees are all fairly young people. And I would say, you know, around the age of 25. And they were actually taking things more seriously than I was. We were basically working 15 hours a day on our spring breaks on like a Zoom call together, trying to draft up something that we thought schools would potentially be able to utilize if they closed down. So our original proposals were um, super intense. We were planning to use hazmat suits, body cams, all sorts of like really wild concepts. So when we first heard about COVID shutdown, we were a little, of course, like most people surprised. Um, we thought we'd close down for a week, reevaluate two weeks, reevaluate, and then we realized that this was bigger than anyone had thought. Um, and suddenly realized we had no end in sight. So immediately we decided two things, we had two questions for ourselves. Um, number one, how are we gonna survive this time? How are we gonna survive it? And then number two, how can we use this time to come out better than ever? How can we take advantage of this time to make our company stronger?
then um, on the 21st of March, uh, we closed our thrift store because there was the potential of, uh, of our, our residents and uh, our staff um, and also customers, you know, to be, you know, spreading the virus. So we shut down, even though it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a hard decision, but it wasn't a difficult decision. We knew the right thing to do. So it wasn't difficult, but it was hard in that we knew it would affect our revenue. We had no idea what would happen. So, um, but we knew it was the right thing to do. And we were going to trust the Lord that he would take care of us and he would provide in spite of. I thankfully am a small operation. Um, it's mainly just me. I, I have, I had some part-time help, um, but I was actually in a much better position than I think a lot of other people who have a very large team and they have a lot of people under them and just a lot of lives to manage and um, look out for. You know, when this first started, there was no, um, there was no talk of triple P money. We didn't know what kind of help the government was going to give. And so we have, um, we have 11 people on salary, salaried employees. Mm -hmm. um, so we immediately furloughed all of our part-time. So like 42 people we had to furlough and we just hunkered down in with our main core staff and said, listen, people, we said this, we don't know what this time is going to hold for us. So it was actually pretty interesting. Um, I mean, you never know how long this is going to last. Like I've said in some interviews, there's really not like a pandemic book for dummies. I accepted pretty early on that I didn't know anything. I, I really think there were maybe a couple of days where I watched the TV and tried to figure out where it was going to go. And then I just, there have been so many times in history that things happen and we don't really know what we should have done until it was over. Um, so I just kind of accepted, I, I don't know anything. I just, I, I, and I want to believe what I see and what I read, but I just, I just don't. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm in the middle of the storm and I know eventually I'm gonna um, land somewhere, but I've given up trying to figure out where that's gonna be. And I'm just holding on. So, you know, those first few days I was blaming myself. What did I do wrong? Why didn't I have money set aside for something like this? And, you know, then I finally realized it wasn't just me. Everybody was in the same boat. And there was some comfort in that. I've not stayed home one day, not even during the stay home orders, because I had a, what was deemed an essential business. Uh, we've taken coffee to uh, the um, to Novant Health uh to just kind of perk some folks up, especially early on when we were reaching capacity uh, in our um, ICUs. To give you like one piece of data that kind of summarized our entire experience of COVID, um, we moved out around 600 students last year at Wake Forest campus in 36 hours. Uh, this year, it's taken over three months um, of working, you know, 14 to 16 hour days. I would say for two months out of that solidly and then kind of on and off, like other people just like signing out randomly. I mean, it's been wild. 
like absolutely wild. So what it sounds like is that COVID's like bolstered your business and you're busier than ever. So I would say we're busier. Uh, we're not necessarily more profitable. I mean, cause if you think about it, we serve to a similar amount of students, but with, you know, 60 to 70 X the amount of labor hours. And I think probably everybody right now is trying to think outside the box and move quickly into what else can I do um, to either change permanently or to make it until we get to that point where we know where our new normal is. We um, marked our entire facility for six foot social distance spacing. We put in hand sanitizing stations all over the place. They're everywhere in the gym and in the swim area. Again, some details as far as uh, our men here at the rescue mission. Uh, they are uh, tested for symptoms twice a day. Uh, we take their temperatures um, and we write down and log in uh, the results um, every day. We've been doing that since early March. Uh, emphasis on sanitizing, um, washing their hands, uh, cleaning, social distancing. They were reaching out to the opt-in families and giving them private lessons. Lessons on Zoom. 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 So I wasn't doing Zoom. I, I, I know it sounds awful. When you've been doing yoga since the 80s, and that's what I've done, you really have no computer skills. <laughs> so when I was in high school, it was an electric typer. So I was able to, as I sat at home lonely for a couple of months, really think about why, why are we doing what we're doing? And I definitely have a passion for creating community. Um, there's been times that I've witnessed conversations and people change their minds about things or sometimes not even changing their mind, but just listen to someone else's perspective. There's, there is something about a cigar that slows down your mind and your lips. It's like a speed bump in between. It gives you time to listen to someone else's perspective. Um, if I'm creating community and, and selling cigars, that's kind of a, that's a brick and mortar location, a brick and mortar kind of business plan. But we have to be ready to switch over to an online presence if this ever happens again. So it's, it's developing a better website now and getting all the inventory loaded in so I can push it over to the website. I, I don't really want to have to compete with other online retailers because that's not really what I'm selling. I'm selling an experience. Um, well, immediately to, to come into the stores, we enacted and enforced the mask wearing. Um, you cannot come into the store without a mask. And of course, now it's the governor's mandate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a restaurant owner, I've been able to see that firsthand where customers are adamant that they do not want to wear a mask because it takes their personal freedom. And I just honestly tell them to go eat somewhere else at that point. I don't put up with that. And I've had people cuss at me. We've had, I mean, you would not believe. The way I've always operated is I love to smile and greet customers joke around with them. Uh, I've had repeat customers that, you know, I like to give a hug to. Um, so there's a lot of that. When you put on a mask, you can't smile at people. It's hard to talk. And there's a little bit of a loss to that feeling um, that I can't embrace a customer. I can't smile at them really anymore. Um, 
so there's a, a loss to this, um, but I am hopeful that um, a year or two from now, so many new things are gonna be figured out that we can't even imagine right now. Um, new ways to do business, new ways to reach out to each other, new ways to um, communicate and um, congregate and have events and do big things in a store. I, I think that things will be figured out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Face Mask, the stories of COVID-19. Please continue on to hear the rest of this series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or visit our website at communityengagement.wfu.edu forward slash behind the mask. If you want to share your story and you experienced this pandemic in the Winston-Salem area, please feel empowered to reach out to communityengagement at wfu.edu.